Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage technology advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves, it's what our moms call people, call us, when we know how to do the intro after three weeks off. I'm your host, Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way. And uh-oh, we're off to a great start here After with that intro that was super uh, well executed. And yeah, we're back. Hello. It's been a while. But um, yeah, I mean, we've what? where have we been? What have we been up to? Well, I was uh, visiting back home on the East Coast for uh, for two weeks. Heck yes. Correct and side I did ocean. Actually, yes, the right, yes. And, uh, and I did uh, see Luke, what was it, two times, I guess? Yeah, we watched the Psych yeah. movies. Yeah. This is, this is the part of the podcast. I feel like every podcast has a part where the hosts reveal their favorite show from uh, childhood. You know, you know how everyone does that, of course. But oh, yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? I'm actually really curious. This is totally unrelated to technology, so I apologize. Did anyone watch the so, the show Psych on USA Network? Ran for eight seasons, and now they have three movies. That show is so freaking good. So leave a comment in the chat if you watched Psych. Fantastic show. Probably one of my favorite of all time. That is a good one. I know you. You definitely showed that. I got you into that me. one for sure. Because I've I've been I watched that yeah. show since like two thousand nine. Yeah, that's a classic. It's a good show. Wow, not a lot of love for Psych in the chat here yet. Maybe it's the stream delay. But anyway, um, we should we should probably talk about how. Well, I guess there hasn't really been any tech news since we've been gone, so we don't have a lot of catching up to do, do we? Not too much. I mean, I know, uh, I don't know if we want to talk about the uh, the Apple uh, repair program. I know you did a video about that. That's the first thing that I can think of. Oh, yeah. Did we, we didn't talk about that because that was, I've recorded that. I was recovering from strep and I just happened to have enough voice to be able to squeak out that video, barely. But, yeah, so that I'm really I'm really curious about. I am skeptical for one. Excited for two. What about you? Yeah, I don't do we know when we're getting more information or like when the parts are actually going to be available or are they just saying like eventually they said early 2022 for the iPhone and then ambiguously later for the Mac starting with M1. Interesting. It's going to it's going to be a while. Yeah, they're not they're not rushing to do it, but I I I'm very curious to see what parts they offer, what their like kits look like and how the whole process goes, like if they're going to limit what parts you can get, like do you have to like put your iPhone serial number in to get a part or can you like order whatever parts you want? There's like so many questions surrounding it that, that I'm really curious about, but I think it's a, it's definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah. And so the thing, the thing that I'm worried about, the thing that I'm in my live, 
I, I'm so skeptical because here's the thing. So here, here's the problem that, that we're going to have is that Apple loves control. And this is giving up control. And so whenever Apple does that, they don't, they don't do it completely. So as much as I would love for there to be just like a, a big old repository where you can go through and buy all the parts, it's unlikely that that's going to happen. Um, Nathan here in the chat says, it seems like they won't just immediately give free reign. And, um, and Vicky is saying, how about adding a toolkit with the computer? Uh, this one is interesting, actually. This is an interesting point because on the subject of Apple not wanting to give up control, they also mentioned, if you recall, um, that, you can, that, that you'll be able to buy the tools as well. And so this is where it starts to make me wonder, are they going to force you to buy the tools with the parts? Is it like a kit? You know, is it a repair kit where they're going to give you this instruction booklet and very specific tools that will allow you to do that repair with no additional things? Or do you add the tools optionally? Like, because here it's there's so many different things they could do, right? It's because like on the one hand, what what I think I, you and most of the people watching would want is essentially an Apple Store page. Now they said this was would be third party, but essentially a web page where you can go through and just buy the parts you need. Oh, I need a fan, boom. Oh, I need a, a logic board for 2017 with these specs, check, 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 done. Um, I mean, first of all, we know that it's not gonna be anything Intel. So this is starting now and going forward, but not going backward. Um, the only other the, the other thing is I mean we all come from various degrees of comfortableness working on a device. So let's take you and me Noah, right? We we're, we're coming from different positions. If if you yeah. let's say hypothetically in both cases we got our beautiful shiny new M1 Max MacBook Pros and we're like, "Oh, heck, I like this thing so much. It's great. And then, uh-oh, I spilled a whole carton of OJ right right in there. Ah, beans. I toasted the logic board. It's absolutely fried. Now, in that scenario, we're both faced with the same dilemma of a toasted logic board what what are you going to do what what what's your level of comfortableness in terms of getting your computer repaired within your comfort zone and within a reasonable amount of money that's a good question because I'm, obviously i'm not uh i don't have as much experience with apple uh or like computer like building and all that kind of stuff as you do and the only experience that i have I guess is with my old 2011 MacBook Pro, and that was with you. So to be honest, I would probably... And significantly easier to work on. Well, that is also true. I would probably just, like, make you fix it for me, to be honest. <laughs> okay, so let's say, like, in a hypothetical situation where you don't have access to a an Apple-focused repair YouTuber, uh -huh. like, what would you do in that scenario? <sighs> Would you pay the Genius Bar to do it, or would you do it yourself with 
a highly detailed kit and tools if they okay if i had a a a highly detailed instruction manual like an i fix it even i fix it like their things are good they have pictures for everything they have you know all the diagrams and whatever so if i had that or you know obviously the apple equivalent of that and i had the tools i might be willing to to try it but it depends on the price because if it's not that much more to get the genius bar to fix it i would obviously mm-hmm. trust them infinitely more than i would trust myself so it's hard it's hard to say i think the price actually would oh no <laughs> oh no yeah the wall panels are a continuing uh pain point for noah here yeah. for those of you who are unfortunately not blessed with the gift of sight for witnessing this episode I mean, I guess you could probably figure out what happened. The wall panels fell off the wall. Uh, But I think that's a good point, Noah, what you just mentioned there. Because I suspect that Apple is going to price it pretty close to Genius Bar levels because they don't want people to be buying these parts and fixing it themselves. They want you to go to the Genius Bar where you're going to pay $795 flat fee to replace your board. Probably more for a loaded 16-inch. Yeah, I mean, honestly, at mm. that point, if you think, like, if that laptop was, like, what was it, like, 3700 I think, somewhere 3, around there. 3799 and if And if it's going to... 3899 Yeah, so, like, if it's, if you're, yeah. like, up at that level, and it's going to uh, cost, you know, under $1,000, let's say under $1,000 to replace it, because if it's, you know, maybe 795 maybe it's a bit more because it's the full I don't even know one. what it is. I don't know. Yeah. But if it's going to cost under $1,000 and you take that, like, relative to the cost of the computer, like, it's obviously, I'm not saying it's not a significant amount of money, but, like, relative to the cost of the computer, it's it's a lot cheaper true. than buying a new one is my is my point, basically. And then That's at, true. at that point, you uh, know. So in terms of tools, one suggestion here from Twitch chat that I think is actually pretty good is they could possibly ask you if you want the tools. After that, they can offer to let you buy them or loan them and then mail them back with the broken part. The mailing them back with a broken part thing sounds like it could be possible. Because I know Apple, I saw there was, when when this whole thing came out, people were like writing articles. They were like, ah, how is this going to work? And there was a Twitter thread by an Apple service provider that was like the part, the tools required from Apple as a like licensed service provider. If you want to offer that, you have to buy for like iPhone repairs. It's usually about $2,000 worth in, in tools. Now, wow. obviously Apple's not going to make you pay $2,000 for the tools to replace your iPhone screen one time, right? That's absurd. They're not going to do that. As much as people love to say, oh, uh, Tim Cook loves money. They're going to make you pay $2,000 to repair the screen of your $600 phone. Like, no, that's no, they're not going to do that. Will they send it to you and have you send it back? Honestly, not a bad idea. If it's a really effective tool, that seems reasonable to me. I also think it's possible that the reason it's taking a while to roll out is because they are developing specific like single use or simple to produce part uh tools to facilitate repairs 
that are like specially made for the repair that you'd be doing. But personally, I just want a gosh dang website where I can go and click add to cart on these parts. That's what I want. But it's not going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen. I don't... Jeez, I have so many questions. Like, okay, if these tools exist, like let's say Apple... Obviously, Apple makes them and they give them to, you know, Genius Bars and and, uh, Apple authorized service providers and all that. But I wonder if these tools were more generally available, if that would, like like help with all of the um like the 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 fake parts or not the fake parts but like the third parties that are manufacturing oh, these yeah. parts and like all of the like you know the fake screens and all of that stuff like if these tools exist and they're easier to get to like obviously Apple doesn't want to feed that market so then how do you deal with you know the getting it and sending it back thing works but like what if you don't send it back? How much are they going to charge you? Is it worth it to some people? You know, is this going to make like their third party problem even worse? Because if the prices for the parts are really high, then, you know, it could still be people worth it for some people. Parties. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I mean, as much as like, I don't, I don't like the idea that third party modifications are completely locked out but i do kind of understand why because i i've had i had a friend who got really big time screwed over and she only just barely kind of made it out without grave personal cost so the the issue started she had like a her screen was fully intact but it cracked under the glass Mm. overnight like Plugged in phone, put on bedside table, sleep, wake, screen is cracked. Weird. But the glass is not. How in the world do you just spontaneously have have cracked glass? Battery? Uh, cracked uh, OLED. Not battery. Battery was fine. Now, I did some investigation and within 0.02 seconds, I was like, this is not an Apple display because it was not an OLED panel. Oh well, then like, that would explain. We were in a dark, we were in a dark classroom, and she was like, "Can you figure this out?" And as soon as I saw that screen come on in a dark room with all this light bleed, I was like, "You got scammed! You got big time scammed!" And the problem is that voids your warranty, but you don't know because you're the victim. Somebody has preyed upon you because apparently she had been on vacation. And the screen had been like just absolutely shattered, so they had to take it and get it fixed right away. And they just used a fake screen. So I, I you know, I did, I did all the all the investigative work. I was like, hmm, this display does not support True Tone. This display is not like behaving as usual. It looked really like the substrate of that surface was like super warped and wobbly. It was not a high quality part. Hence, why it just spontaneously shattered um what was what was funny about that and she was out of warranty by the way so i was like damn you're gonna be faced with an out of warranty repair for your screen because somebody screwed you over that sucks she took it to the apple store they did not notice that it was a fake screen really (laughs) Yeah, it took me one second to notice. They never, they didn't notice it. They said, "Whoops, our bad. Let's replace this." And so she got it fixed for free with 
a legit screen. Nice. So that one was a skin of the teeth scenario, but a, a lot of people aren't that lucky. You can get screwed over, um, but at the end of the day, it's your warranty that's on the line. So having the option to buy genuine parts rather than take the risk is absolutely a good idea. I mean, especially with... I think the biggest thing is with batteries, to be honest. Yeah. Batteries and chargers and stuff. Because if you buy fake batteries, those can those can be bad. Those could be really bad. Uh, I know a lot of people that run older unibody MacBook Pros that have fake batteries and they charge them with fake chargers. I'm like, I hope you don't have anything important on there because you're going to toast that thing any day now. Uh, and they do. They That's how a lot of old MacBooks meet their fate is when... People are like, eh, it's 10 years old. I'm not going to buy a real charger. I'll just buy a fake one. Boom, zap, you're done. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't trust those fake chargers. But let me ask you this, because I have a feeling yeah. that your friend. A query. Yes, your friend who uh, who went through this, this, uh, this whole thing is probably not the kind of person who would buy an, a screen from Apple and do the repair herself. Would I be right in saying that? You would be right in saying that. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's it's not going to fix everything. I'm just wondering because... There's like, no... I mean, I guess the thing is there's no one... I mean, yeah, it's a problem that Apple has. It's a problem that a lot of manufacturers have, but you can't... There's no one thing that's going to fix it, you know? No, I definitely agree. I just wonder, like, it, when Apple makes these things available, is it going to make the matters... Is it going to make things worse because... Now all of these third parties are going to have better tools uh, to like do their you know fake repairs, or maybe it'll make things better because they're going to have to compete more because like now maybe there's more options, so they they have to compete. Like I, I'm just I, I'm just kind of curious to see how uh, yeah, you know which way it goes. We've got some other news to talk about here. We got some big news which is recent news, as in, like, today news. I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, we got some German reporting. Okay. So I guess we were talking about the iPads in the pre-show, so why don't we go ahead and start with that. Okay. So apparently our beloved iPad Pro, the, the glorious, the wonderful iPad Pro, uh, the design that launched in 2018, and I would argue... It's one of the most influential and one of the best Apple designs of all time. Apparently, it's getting replaced. According to Mark Gurman, in 2022, Apple is redesigning the iPad Pro. Really? That's what it that's what it seems to be. So he says that Apple is planning a new iPad Pro design with support for wireless charging. Okay. So what I okay. Are they gonna make the back out of glass? Well, there's gotta be some glass somewhere, right? Like in order for it to okay. wireless charging well, to There so to my knowledge, there is one phone. Wait. I have it. <laughs> Is it going to be the Pixel 6? That's, that's my guess. 
your one-off. It's actually the Pixel 5. Oh. oh, what is that, plastic? Right here. Nope, metal. What kind of metal? And it wirelessly charges, yeah. It's a very... It's it's real thin right around here. Hmm. But it's a metal phone and it charges. I think it's aluminum. I could be wrong. Hmm. But yeah, this is, to my knowledge, one of the only um, wireless charging metal-backed phones. But... I don't necessarily know if that's going to work on the iPad. So, okay, wait. Picture this. iPad Pro, matte glass back, stainless steel side rails like the iPhone. Thoughts? I love the feeling of the back of the iPhone, like the, the, the matte right? glass. It's or so good. And the color, like, and yeah. and the color, like, mm, that would be, that would be pretty nice on an iPad. Dude, I would, I would probably, I would probably go for a Sierra Blue 11 inch iPad Pro. Oh, that would be a lot of that Sierra would be Blue. gorgeous. But as Twitch chat, Twitch chat pointed out, the risk of the glass breaking. Yeah. That's it's a large surface. It's a lot. That's that would be a lot of glass. You have glass front and back. Um, yeah, that that is true. But mm. the thing is, though, I mean, I feel like how many people drop iPads? Is that a thing that happens? I mean, okay, that was probably it's probably dumb. It's probably a dumb statement, but I I don't know. I feel like. Uh, all right. Okay, wait. Here's another thing. Wouldn't it be way heavier? Adds a lot of weight, people are saying. Mm. And then also stainless steel side rails would add a lot of weight too. Huh. It's true. That is so weird. And also, I don't know what else you would change. See, that's the thing. The 2018 iPad Pro design is so good that I literally cannot think of, I can't even conceive of something that I would change about the design. Can you? Honestly, not really. Like the first thing that I think of is like, they could shrink the bezels, but like you kind of need somewhere to like, you know, put your, put your hands when you're holding it. So I don't Exa know. Yeah. I, okay. They could. Okay. So let's let's go through our list here of things that Apple could change. They. I'll go with I'll go with slimmer bezels, but slightly. Like. They could probably lose, a couple tenths of an inch, and it would look good, but not too thin. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think they need to make the device thinner. No. I think it's literally perfect. Yeah. Like, this is the perfect thickness. The cameras, I guess they could remove a camera bump, but that's really minor. That uh, I got nothing else. That I there's This is a perfect design. Yeah, it really... I have no notes. I, I don't... I can't, but beyond what you said, I really can't think of anything else. I don't have any complaints. Right, and that's the thing. I think that's what they've been honestly 
worried about <laughs> i mean if i were apple i'd be really worried right now it's okay you know what okay this is a weird analogy but i'm gonna go ahead and make this the analogy that i have for the ipad right now and this is 2018 ipad pro the ipad air as well falls under this category because it's basically like the same general concept it's so good that nobody really needs to upgrade and the analogy for this is actually the ford model t because by the mid 1920s almost anyone who could afford a car had one a ford model t and they were all exactly the same a ford model t from 1912 and from 1924 are more or less identical. They accomplish the same goal. They look more or less the same. Uh, and they're the same color. The famous Henry Ford quote was, you can have any color you want as long as it's black. Yep. And that's, that's just the way that it was for about 10 years. And then all of a sudden, sales start to drop. Why is that? Well, who, who needs a new one? Unless yours breaks, runs away, or is destroyed by fire, there is no need to buy a new one that's the same as the one that you already have. It was an appliance. It was like a stove. People don't upgrade their stove very often. And so the pro and so that's what, what spawned sort of the design cycle, the, the model year, changing the exterior of the car without changing the underpinnings and giving us basically the, the car market as we know it today, love it or hate it. Apple has kind of obviously not on the same scale gotten themselves into a similar situation which is anyone who has a 2018 ipad pro or later has no interest in whatever ipad pro comes out because theirs is perfectly fine like the i have the m1 the m1 ipad pro 12.9 it's nice but i've honestly thought about selling it and getting a 2018 12.9 inch like the, the 2018 just does it all, does it perfectly fine. And so anyone who has any of the iPads of that design, 2018, 2020, 2021 iPad Pros, the iPad Air, I guess the iPad Mini now, you could argue, but it's pretty new. None of those people need to upgrade until Apple like really changes the game. But I don't, I can't think of any game changer that would be enough to make me want to ditch my 2018 iPad Pro out of necessity, out of want of new features. Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's interesting because do other Apple products have that issue? I would say maybe the Apple TV, at least for me, I don't use mine that much. Okay, but, that's, tr that's a fair one. I'd say the Apple TV probably. And to be honest, like... I think the AirPods Pro are like pretty, pretty good, but like that's definitely true. But as far as like their main like core products, like you know, you think about the Mac and the and the um, the iPhone and the Apple Watch, I feel like they don't have this problem. Yeah, and it's not it's not like they're not um, dissimilar. I mean, I feel like this year's iPhone cycle was seen as pretty minor. Yeah, but. 
people I think are also more willing to upgrade iPhones more frequently because there's like carrier subsidies, there's uh, deals. I don't know. I feel like people are more like I, I got a sense that people were more excited about this year's iPhone than they were about the iPad. Um, now, to be fair, this year's iPad, I think, is kind of a dud. I mean, we got center stage, cool, not going to upgrade a device for that. Um, mini LED, cool, same thing, though, not really going to upgrade a device for that because uh, the iPad doesn't, like on the Mac, it's a great feature to have because you can really take advantage of it in, in applications. The iPad, not as much. Um, and then the M1 chip, obviously, is entirely unnecessary yeah. completely wasted on ipad os yeah so those were really the only changes and at that point everyone's kind of like uh, i don't know i don't i don't really care it's not that not that big a deal um and so as this person over on twitch brought up the ford comparison is a good one but apple can easily innovate by adding new features and functionality within the same design so let's put this up to the chat right now and to you and I, Noah, what is a feature or functionality that Apple could add to the iPad Pro that would make a difference? And I'm going to add the caveat that this should be hardware, not software, because software would apply retrospectively, retroactively to older iPads as well, thus defeating the purpose. So what is a hardware feature that would make a new iPad compelling to you. Have at it, chat. I turn first to my, my co-host, my colleague, <laughs> Noah Rubin. What you got? What do you think? I... All right. I, I want to go back to the wireless charging for a second because personally, yes. I don't... I never use wireless charging. I know you... I think you do, right? You have your wireless charger by your bed. Almost all the time I do, yeah. I yeah. have wireless charger by my bed and in my car. Yeah, I just have like a 10-foot uh, lightning cable by my bed uh, <laughs> for my stuff. Um, there you go. But uh, I'm curious, did the rumor say uh, about the wireless charging, is it more to charge the iPad or more for reverse charging an iPhone or AirPods or something like that? That's an interesting question. Um, it just says support for wireless charging. Okay. So I'm going to go with charging the iPad. Though I would also expect that that means MagSafe mm. and therefore would enable additional accessorizing capabilities that we can only speculate on. You know, that actually makes... That's actually interesting because, okay, I had a couple of ideas. The first one was, uh, as far as reverse wireless charging, imagine if there was like a little section, maybe it was in one of the corners, like a little glass uh, sort of section in one of the corners. And that was like meant for, I guess, primarily for reverse wireless charging. But if you could just like stick your iPad or stick your phone uh, or your AirPods or whatever. And so instead of maybe the whole thing being glass or whatever material, it would just be in the corner. But now I'm thinking, because then I was thinking mm. like, well, what if you put like the, the the keyboard case or whatever on, then you wouldn't be able to use it. But then you brought up MagSafe, um, which is interesting. Obviously the keyboard case specifically is going to have, uh, well, okay, the like part- pass-through. 
But so the part that touches the uh, the back of the screen, there's probably not any like wires or like circuitry because that's in the other half where the actual keyboard is. So I could see them making a MagSafe uh, keyboard case. And then, you know, the MagSafe, like if you have one of those MagSafe cases, it'll pass through so you can put another MagSafe accessory on it. So I think that, I think mm, if they made it MagSafe and then they did that and that could, I could see that um working if they if they bring it into into magsafe but just imagine this on the ipad <laughs> oh no that would be really funny that would be hilarious actually i so would I, i'm that. so i'm just looking through here in the chat um some people said the only thing i wanted was the new mini led display in the 11 inch that's true that that I think would fall under an icing feature where it's nice, but um, I personally wouldn't upgrade because of it. Multiple high bandwidth ports. That one would be nice to have, have two USB-C ports. I think that would be nice. Yeah. But I probably, again, wouldn't upgrade because of that. Thinner bezels like we talked about. Um... Someone said expandable storage via an SD card. Someone's, Apple wouldn't do that. Someone said, I stopped owning an iPad in 2009. I assume that's a joke because obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> MagSafe. So here's here's from Matt Talks Tech. Uh, MagSafe at a higher wattage like we have with the new MacBook Pro as the battery is large. So perhaps, perhaps a um, fast charging over MagSafe feature. That could be nice. Um, I I could also maybe, the more I think about it being MagSafe, the more I think Apple could probably find a way to have that through a metal back. I, I, I don't know. I'm skeptical of a glass back. Although I guess if they're redesigning it, maybe. Ugh. I don't know. Could they make just it's the weird. part? Could they make like... If let's say it's in the middle, because that would probably make the most sense. If it's right in the middle yeah. where the Apple logo is. Okay, wait. What if the Apple logo? What if they made a, the Apple logo really big and that was and the <laughs> coil was behind? No, I'm actually being serious because the, the Apple logo. It would be so big. Okay, but like the iPad is pretty big, and you know what? On the on the MacBook Pro, the new MacBook Pro is they made the Apple logo bigger. That's a sign. They're gonna make the Apple logo really big. On the iPads, and that is that where the MagSafe the... is going to go. That's what that's Dude, what they're going to do. No, that look. makes so much sense. That makes they so much sense. They made it bigger sense. on the on the 14-inch MacBook Pro. This is still nowhere near the size of MagSafe. Okay, but like I it was, it would have to be like twice that size. Okay, that's. But I was just thinking, like, how are you going to, like, I was thinking, like, okay, if you're not going to make the entire back uh, glass, you could make just the middle part of it glass or i guess whatever material it needs to be so like part of it could be the the pass-through material and the rest of it would be you know aluminum or whatever it's going to be and and the apple logo would be like the perfect place to hide it if they i if they this is apple they could they could engineer okay imagine imagine if they engineered the coils to like trace the apple logo shape and then uh, why because it's apple they're gonna go over they always go over the top come on okay they do go over the top that's fair okay wait okay wait i thought about i thought about something okay thought about something 
the iPad will no longer be portrait oriented. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think the next iPad is going to have an Apple logo that's facing up in this direction. I believe that. And I think they're going to put Face ID and the camera like right over here on the I, side. I believe that. Or top. I think that's where we're going. I will say center stage is great. I like using my iPad for FaceTime. I use it in portrait mode though because when you use an iPad for FaceTime in landscape mode, your your camera view makes no gosh dang sense whatsoever. Like if you're watching the stream right now, like this is what it looks like when I'm talking into a camera or I guess I could look a little bit below it if it's, you know, it's if we're over FaceTime. But this is what it looks like on an iPad Pro. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm like not even looking in the same direction. It's just it's ridiculous. Uh for those listening along, I turn I was looking far away from the camera. That's the joke. Okay. There we go. Just had to do the audio of course explained there. Someone said return of the headphone jack with high impedance auto audio support. Doubt that very much. Uh, I don't think we're getting any ports back on the iPad. Back is also the wrong word because we never had them. So definitely wouldn't expect that. What about a port on either side of the device? Yeah, that's what I was thinking because the keyboard case basically does that, right? It does, yes, which is awesome. Yeah, I really like for my for my macbook pro i like so here's the thing with the macbook pro i like being able to charge it from either side because if i'm sitting you know depending on where the charger is relative to where i'm sitting it makes a difference for the ipad you can just you know flip it around and it's basically all the same but i do still think that it would be nice to it would be nice i've never wanted to have a i've never needed a second port on the iPad, because the only thing I ever plug into yeah. it is the charger. The charger. But there yeah. are some people who who would definitely benefit from, from a second port. And if they did do the second port, I think that they should put it on the other side. Yeah, I think that would make a lot of sense. I think it really would. Um, here's the only problem, though. I don't think any of these features that we've talked about would make me want to upgrade. So yeah. let's give up. And stop talking about the iPad for now because it's been a little while. I want to move on okay. because Mark Gurman didn't just talk about that. Mm -hmm. What he did talk about, ho is the Mac. Apparently, apparently, according to Gurmy, <laughs> who's known to be quite right, five new Macs in 2022. Huh? That's pretty. I mean, if Apple's gonna complete their uh, their their uh, Apple Silicon transition, they have to do probably. At well, least there's only five. three left. There's only three left that need re replacement. There's the Intel Mac Mini, the Intel 27-inch iMac, and the Mac Pro. Those are the only Intel machines left. That's but true. Apparently, we're getting five next year. So here's here's a breakdown. A revamped high-end iMac with Apple Silicon to sit above the new 24-inch model. Mm -hmm. 
the biggest MacBook Air revamp in the product's hit history, adding the M2 chip and a new design. And then new versions of the Mac Mini with presumably the M1 Pro and M1 Max and a replacement for the entry-level M1 MacBook Pro. And then finally, fifth, a revamped Mac Pro with Apple Silicon. German is saying that's a 2022 thing, and oh my god, I'm excited for that. Think about that, that, Noah. A year from now, a year from now, I could be making a video on the most powerful computer that I have ever laid my hands on. That is and probably will true. lay my hands on for some time. <laughs> yeah. Because there was uh, okay. Wait, wait. Let me see if I can find this and pull this up here. Oh man, how am I gonna find this? Oh God. Uh, apparently, somebody took apart one of these new MacBooks and got their hands on the actual chip itself. And there is an extra piece. On the chip. On the M1 chip or the M2 chip? Yeah. There's an extra piece attached, like, on the die that they essentially cropped out of the actual thing. Huh. You mean, like, the... Like, there's a physical piece of the die uh-huh. that they cropped out in the photos, which, here, I can, I can, Vadim from Max Tech uh, did this little screenshot. I was trying to find the an initial one. I think I can put this over in, in Chrome and share that for you guys to show you what I'm talking about if you're watching with us. Aha, I think I can. Brilliant. Share screen. Chrome tab. Here we go. Here we go. Look at this. Mm. Look at that. So this is on the M1 Max chip. You can see we've got those those big those four big tiles in the middle. I am fairly sure are the graphics. Um, and so like right right down the middle there is where I think it would cut off for the M1 Pro, which is the smaller die. But on the M1 Max, look at that interesting shape over there. Mm. Now, yeah. this this links into the video that I made this past week where I basically talked about some technologies that are coming out in the next couple of years that would potentially allow... Apple to scale the their silicon more effectively and to greater heights. Chat here got it right. TSMC 3D Fabric is is the name of the. Uh, it's actually a family of technologies. It's not one thing, but basically what it comes down to is a bunch of different ways of manufacturing a chip that would allow Apple to make chips essentially modular. So. The way the M1 and the M1 Pro and the M1 Max work is it's it's a single piece of silicon. So if you think about that in terms of manufacturing, what it means is 
the larger your chip is, statistically, the less of it is actually going to be usable. So let me pull up a screenshot. Aha, perfect. Uh, okay, good, that's a PNG, just how I like them. Let's pull up another screen share here. A diagram of essentially the problem that comes with making dyes bigger. So the larger you make your die, as you would for like a 40 core processor, is when you have inevitable defects, there is a greater percentage of your dies that get ruined. So when you look at these tiny ones on the right of this image, we have a 10 millimeter by 10 millimeter die. So on, on a normal sized silicon wafer, that gives you 658 dies. And with average yields, you get 94% usable ones. That's great. That's the kind of yields that you look for with the M1 chip or more specifically with the iPhone chip. That's why iPhone chips are so cheap to make. They're tiny. It costs like 12 bucks to make an iPhone chip. Hmm. Then when you get a little bit larger here, like an M1 Pro or an M1 Max, your yield drops to 75% because you can only fit 136 dies on a wafer. And so that means that you're getting a lower percentage and a lower number. You have essentially one-sixth of the dies and less of them are usable. And then when you get an absolutely massive chonker, like uh, if you wanted to make a Mac Pro chip on a single die, you can only fit 28 dies on a wafer, um, which means you're not effectively using the surface area of the wafer, and you're only getting 35% yield. So how do you get around that? Well, TSMC says you get around that by making your chip in pieces and combining those pieces. It's essentially what AMD does with their chiplets. You can just have little tiny pieces and then you connect them on a substrate and there you go. You get yourself an SOC. Now, AMD doesn't, doesn't do that as much. They're not really SOCs. They're CPUs or APUs. But for Apple, it would be an SOC in a chiplet form factor, which is not something that currently exists. And another way that you could do that, one of the other things that I think is actually quite interesting is stacking. So TSMC is working on technology that would let you layer silicon on top of each other. Isn't that crazy? That is pretty cool. And they have, like, That's... I mean, obviously everything has to be specifically designed for it. But you would design your chips right. with a bump map that would allow you to vertically stack. I think they had, a, they had like, a diagram that had a 12-layer chip. That would be <laughs> crazy, right? That is really cool. And that makes, like, so much sense for the bigger, you know, the, the, the Mac Pro, basically. Where it's like you said, yep. you know, it's not the M1 Extreme. It's like two M1 Pros or four M1 Pros That's, or whatever. Like yeah. it, it makes a lot of sense. The fact that Apple didn't use a, a, a letter as a suffix immediately told me, okay, they're going to do a multi-die situation. 
And I think what we saw I, now, the the 3D fabric thing, I think that's going to be second gen Apple Silicon, second or third gen. I think for right now, what we're talking about is linking M1 Max dies together. And I'm sure Apple will do that very effectively. But it stands to reason that we, we shouldn't expect it to scale as well as going from M1 to M1 Pro did. Because M1 to M1 Pro was adding twice the performance but half the efficiency cores. And we gained about 70% performance. I would, I would bet that going from 10 to 20 would not scale as perfectly. So maybe another... 60%. It is a lot of performance cores though, so I'll give you that. Maybe it maybe it'll be able to brute force it. Um but I would expect it not to scale as well. I cannot wait though. Ugh. It's going to be insane. Insane and insanely expensive. Oh yeah, you bet your bottom dollar. Oh, I'm going to spend Dude, I'm I'm gonna have to start saving up now. Yeah. For I'll save up for a whole year. I'm gonna make a separate like bank account called <laughs> Mac Pro account. And I'm just gonna have to stop spending money on food, rent, car insurance, all that stuff. And I'm gonna put it all yeah. into the Mac Pro fund. Because I need that thing in my life. I've never owned a Mac Pro while it was new and relevant. I've only ever owned old, bad, crappy ones, and I'm going to change yeah. that. All I right. will. I guarantee it. It's exciting. Uh, I'm also really excited for the high-end iMac, but I'm bummed that it's a 27-incher. That that really makes me sad. I was hoping for a 30-inch. Yeah, I like... 27 is is a good size, but like... I feel like a lot of people want a 30 or a 32 inch. And that actually kind of feeds into Nicholas here in the chat asked about updates on buying the pro display XDR. I, it's taken a while, but I think I'm, I think I'm going to figure it out. Hopefully this month, um, might be a video coming next month. It depends on what I work out, but essentially I have, Essentially, I, I have decided not to pay full retail price. And so that's why it takes a little longer. Because it's hard to find deals on the Pro Display XDR. Because it's a low-volume product. So if I go on eBay right now, I guarantee they're all selling for basically retail. I know yeah. that um, Micro Center oftentimes has them for like 40 Four ninety nine, which is a decent discount, but not good enough for me. I want to do better than that, so I will find a way to do better. Wow, there's only like three Pro Display XDRs on eBay right now. Yikes! I'm not and they're all too basically surprised about that. Yeah, I'm now, and I know it's a little controversial to buy a pro display xdr when it's been out for two years and when presumably a replacement will come alongside the new mac pro but here's the thing pro hardware uh, apple's pro stuff holds its value really well my imac pro i've had for two years now and it's worth more than what i paid for it so 
that's like probably the best investment I've ever made in terms of like the returns that it's given me in video content and work productivity and still being worth more than I paid for it. What? Um, yeah. So I might take a little bit of a loss on the Pro Display XDR, but you know what? That's okay with me because I'm going to be moving over. Once I get it, I'm moving over to an Apple Silicon editing setup. I'm still on Intel here. I'm still on the iMac Pro now. But once I get a Pro Display XDR, I'm going to use the MacBook Pro to edit until the Mac Mini comes out. And then I'll use the Mac Mini until the Mac Pro comes out. Working your way up That's the chain. That's my plan. Working my way up the chain. Admittedly, working my way up the chain uh, rather quickly and expensively. Yeah. But... I don't know. It's 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 different for a technology YouTuber, right? Because it's these are things like it's not like I was going to not buy the Mac Mini. Are you kidding me? Of course I'm going to buy the Mac Mini. I got to make videos on it, so I might as well use it to edit my videos with the Pro Display XDR. So, yes. Long and the short of it is I am going to hopefully eventually get my hands on a Pro Display XDR. I'm really excited for it. Nice. <laughs> I want that. I want a 32-inch display in my life. That's what I want. Yeah, I, I will concur that they're very nice. Um, about the German thing, the most surprising thing. What do we what do we think about this? Um, an up an updated entry-level MacBook Pro. What like in the world 13-ish. is that all about? Yeah. Why? <laughs> it's I yeah, I kind of feel like the 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 that was sort of like a stopgap and now they have like the 14 yeah. and 16 inch and it's like you know, 13 would go away. And it's uh it's hurting my brain because okay, guys, guys, remember that MacBook Air that we've been looking at, the design that John Prosser and Ian Zebel came out with. That thing looks freaking awesome, right? You got MagSafe, which I mean, you look at the MacBook Pros, look how thin MagSafe is. Obviously, it was made like that so that it could go in really thin laptops. That's what it's going to be. Two USB-C ports, got the headphone jack, MagSafe. It'll be super thin. It'll have colors, white bezels, a notch. And apparently, some people are saying a mini-LED display. And that's a MacBook Air. How much is it going to cost? I thought, hey, drop the... 13-inch M1, kick that to the curb, put the new one at $1,299 or, or $1,199. But no, because now German, German's saying, hey, guess what? The 13-inch M1 isn't dead. Hello? So is, is that mini-LED MacBook Air going to be $999 with all those colors and MagSafe and a, a new design? And mini LED? I don't like at that point the the at that point the difference between that and like the 14 inch MacBook Pro is what the processor negligible. Yeah. Like not that like not that much because all of the like general features, you know, mini LED, notch, like new design, like all of that stuff's the same. It's like there's not that much of a difference at that point. That's dude, if if that design 
those absolutely beautiful renders are accurate, and I have reason to believe that they are. That was a very subtle wink. And it's got mini LED, and it's $999. Dude, that's going to break the world. I mean, that's... It's perfect. You don't need any other computer in your life than that. Yeah, I, I don't just, see I, it. Just, I just... What would that? What would the point of a MacBook Pro be? What would it add that would be worth another three hundred bucks? I mean, I guess there are some people who can take advantage of that performance, but I'm not sure for those people to be honest. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, I could definitely take advantage of it on on a desktop. I could, I could, I really push this iMac, dude. I use over 90 gigs of RAM pretty regularly. All right. But I think that's just because it's Intel. I think I think with <laughs> unified memory, I could be fine with 64 or 32, to be honest. But why would anyone need to buy... Like, I get moving up to a 14-inch because that's a different level of performance. Even the M2, I'm sure, will be great. I'm sure it'll be nice. But it's not going to be an M1 Pro. It's not going to be that powerful. So, I you've you've got reason to buy a 14 inch. But for most people, even more people than now, an M a MacBook Air that looks like that, even if it doesn't have mini LED, right? Like it could just fully not have that, and still would be the best value in the entire planet. Yeah. It would be so good. Yeah, and then I like wait. if they're keeping the 13-inch MacBook Pro, like you'd think it would cost more since it's a Pro, but like if they keep the current design, like that current design compared to these new MacBook Airs, like why would you ever buy that like ancient design, not ancient design, but like why would you ever buy that like really old design? And like, what are they, I don't understand that. I don't understand how they could keep the 13 inch unless they like redesign it to look like the, the 14 inch. And they're like, you know, here's, you know, the same new design, but maybe it still is an M1 and not an M1 Pro. But like, why would they do that? I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, no, it's, it's weird. I guess they could put, ah, oh, dude, but everyone that's, everyone that's talking about the, this MacBook Air says it's an M2. Now, okay, so the, here's something else that could be possible. Um, it they could repeat what they did in 2018, which is essentially keep the M1 at 9.99 and introduce the new one at 11.99. But the problem is now we're saying now now German is saying that there's a MacBook Pro at 12.99. So then they'd have the M1 old design MacBook Air at 9.99. The M2 new design MacBook Air at eleven ninety nine, and then I guess a slightly thicker version of that with maybe less colors and maybe ProMotion for twelve ninety nine. That seems like a mess. Yeah, 
I, I mean, I kind of thought that they were going to drop everything and just have one laptop in the lower segment. Ugh, call it a day. I guess two makes sense because maybe a lot more people are, are shopping down in the low $1,000 range versus 2000 plus. And so having two different options gives you s- some options. But I really don't see Apple launching two near identical laptops with the same chip and the same design, but one is a little thicker and has a fan and it's a hundred dollars apart. That makes no sense to me. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, if they did, I think if, if we're getting both, then the MacBook air has got to be a thousand dollars. Yeah. Like if they kept the current MacBook air at nine 99 and then they had this new MacBook air or they could call it the MacBook or whatever it's going to be. I don't know, eleven ninety nine, twelve ninety nine, whatever. If it's gonna have all these amazing features, and then I feel like that's good. And then if you want the pros, then you get the fourteen inch and the sixteen inch. At that point, I feel like that makes sense to me. I don't know. Uh I, I mean, I'm so excited because I think all of we're talking about five Macs in 2022. That's huge. That's a lot more than we got this year, and all of them. Sound awesome. Every single one of them sounds phenomenal. Yeah. A Mac Mini with an M1 Pro or an M1 Max? Hell yeah. Sign me up. Mm-hmm. I, I, by the way, Noah figured that there's either, there's, a, there's sort of a range of prices they could start it at. I mean, 1099 is the current Intel one. I doubt that. I doubt that very much. <laughs> so, here's, here's how you could think about it. The price increase on the 14 inch from the Intel 13 inch went from 1799 to 1999. Uh, mm-hmm. So the Mac mini could go from 1099 to 1299 for an M1 pro. Or if you flip it and you look at the price, the, the price gap between them, then it could be like as much as 1699. If you like match up specifications, but you're talking about an M1 Pro for somewhere between 12.99 and 16.99 to start, which means you could spec it up with a with an M1 Max and a terabyte or two terabytes for under 3K. Heck yes, sign me up for that. I will take that. Thank you very much. That does sound like a pretty good deal. And then an iMac with a 27-inch mini-LED ProMotion display, thin design, M1 Pro, M1 Max, possibly M1 Max Duo. Hello. Yes. Sign me up again many times. Yep. And then we're talking about a MacBook Air with a new design that's actually an Air for once with with fun colors for $9.99 or even $11.99. Heck, that's still a great deal. Yeah. And then a MacBook Pro that, I don't know, I guess will be good. And then the freaking 40-core Mac Pro. What a lineup. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a lot. Apple coming out here with straight bangers for 2022. Oh, man. I'm excited. It's a lot to look forward to. And uh, I'm also excited about uh, about something else. Oh, oh what could that be, Noah? Um, ending the, uh, the episode because we're a couple minutes over here. Oh my gosh. No way. 
That's insane. Let's do it. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We hope to see you again next week. We'll get back into the swing of things. And then I'm sure we'll be off again for the holidays. So hooray for our great (laughs) planning. Um, But yeah, so I've been your host, Luke Miani. And I've been your host, Noah Rubin. We will see you next time. Have a good night.